Did you guys just hear the intro to this podcast? Welcome to Wellness for the Hot Mess. I am so hype. My name is Kristen. I have been patiently, very, very patiently, like very patiently, he's going to kill me for saying that, (laughs) waiting for a good friend of mine to create that intro beat that you just heard. And I am obsessed. Oh my God. I love listening. I've listened to it like 30 times already, but it just gets me in the mood. That's a good thirsty Thursday bop right there to start your weekend. Oh my God. I'm excited. I'm hype. You may be wondering who created such an epic intro to a podcast. It's only taken us what, nine, 10 episodes in to figure it out, but we got here. We did it. I'm so, so happy and so proud this is a good friend of mine. Um, if you want to find him on Instagram and listen to more of his music, he's absolutely incredible. His Instagram handles at mini That's at M I N I S A N T S. His name's Ryan Santiago. Um, we go, I don't want to say we go way back, but we met in ocean city, New Jersey back when I used to do summers there. Now my family lives there full time, but I used to work at 7th Street Surf Shop (laughs) back in the day, long time ago, and Ryan's awesome. His name on Spotify is Minisance, but yeah, it took us some time to get it, but we did it, baby, and it sounds so sick. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I'm laughing because I was talking to Ryan before recording this, and we, him and I have some sort of fun history in, <laughs> I'm like looking at the text now laughing because we always joke about his 21st birthday. So, you know, obviously you get pretty boozed up on your 21st birthday. And I think I just met him out or whatever, wherever we were, we just met when he was out. And, you know, as the young kids do when they live in an island town for the summer, you head to the beach when you're feeling a little boozed up. So him and I have a fun story where we went to the beach after his 21st birthday for a little, you know, late night. Um, I'll just say the PG version of late on the beach and watch the stars was very romantic. (laughs) I'm going to get in so much trouble for telling this story, but we ended up you know, hanging, having fun. Um, I, you know, when you close your eyes and you drink a lot, you get a little dizzy, you have the spins and he ended up puking while we were mid hooking up on the beach on his 21st birthday. So safe to say I'm scarred for life. Um, because I went home after that and I was like, wow, I must be like the worst person in history to make this kid throw up mid hookup. But Hey, we've recovered since then. And it's fun. It's a fun story to tell now. So now that I put Ryan on the spot for five minutes, let's get on with this week's episode. Um, I took a little break last week. We took a little hiatus from the show just because it was a year since COVID started. I realized that last week, um, 
it was definitely a heavier week. I just was super busy with work and a lot of things going on. And I realized that it has been an entire year since the world has flipped upside down due to COVID-19. So I took a moment. I just like kind of had a rest week to myself. It was like one of those things where you just reflect on everything that's happened in the past year. And although a year is a very long time, at the same time, it's not. It feels like March 2020 was yesterday. It feels like I my job just shut down. The world just shut down. We didn't leave our apartment for like three, four months, like didn't leave at all. Um, but it was crazy. So yeah, last week we were getting our stuff together. This week I'm coming back refreshed, feeling good. We have an intro song. The podcast is growing. It's all good things from here. And that's why I decided to bring you another epic guest for this week. I am rolling with the theme of, I hope you listened to the last episode with Lexi Rodriguez. Lexi touched a little bit about her practice and how she integrates movement, meditation, and breath work with her clients. And I got so much great feedback on how interested people were in breath work, how that was that different from meditation, um, you know, just looking to get more involved in breath work. So I'm so excited to say that this week's guest is a breathwork queen. She's a breathwork coach. Miss Sarah, Sarah and I met um, through a podcast Facebook, which is actually pretty cool. And I was so inspired after our conversation. And I actually re-listened to the entire episode after going through a shitty couple of days. And it took me back to the space I needed to be in to show up for myself in a better way. Um, this episode is so awesome because Sarah goes super in depth of what breathwork is, how it can help you, where you can start with breathwork, how you can apply it to your own life. And she also shares a really raw, personal, real side of herself because I was so captivated by our conversation. I was so captivated by her. I think she is an awesome person. She brought me so much peace during our conversation. And I asked her halfway through, I was like, are you like this all the time? Because you got to give me a little bit of what you're sipping on if you're like this all the time, because she has such an aura, such a calmness about her that just made me feel so good. And she was totally honest. And she was like, hell no, Kristen, I am not like this all the time. So I think this episode's really awesome because although breathwork seems very woo woo and it seems, you know, like, I don't know, when we think of things like breathwork and meditation, it seems like it's something a hippie would do or someone who's like, very spiritual, but to hear someone like Sarah, who's so real and so down to earth and just a cool chick that she also integrates this into her life. And she also has times where she doesn't even practice breath work. She said for even sometimes days on end. So I think it's really cool, really important to hear her side of it and to see how relatable it is and how you, someone who never even thought to bring breath work into your practice, how you can start doing it now, how you can start doing it today, how it can change your life. And Sarah graced us with a mini breathwork session towards the end of the episode. So you're going to want to stick around for that because I did it before sitting down tonight and I have it to completely cleared my head. I mean, it brought me to such a better space and it's something as simple as five minutes of breathing, which you'll learn in this episode is different than meditation, but Sarah walks us through a breathwork, um, a little breathwork exercise at the end, which is awesome and so kind of her and incredible. 
And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Before we get into it, Sarah messaged me the other day. She wanted me to let the listeners know that she is running a six-week course that she's launching on March 25th. So you've got a few days to reach out if you're interested in her um, and working with her. She does, at the end of the episode, give her information on where you can find her. But this six-week course is a one weekly session with 60 minutes. So a 60 minute session with Sarah for six weeks straight. The cost of the course is $3.99 and each week we'll have a theme breathing session. So she says, she told me she has 15 spots available. They're going super fast and she's offering it to um, her clients. She's offering it to you guys, the listeners, which I think is absolutely amazing. And Sarah is someone you want to work with. She is someone that I want to work with. I am so inspired. I am so grateful our paths crossed, but this six-week course sounds absolutely incredible. What you're getting, I think this is a fantastic deal. Again, it's $3.99 for six weeks, one weekly coaching session with her, and each week is a different theme, which is unbelievable. That's so generous, so gracious of her. So if you're interested in working with Sarah after listening to her on this episode, which I know you will be, feel free to reach out to her. March 25th, that course starts. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode all about breaking down breath work, all about grounding ourselves and getting out of that space of anxiety, of trauma, of sadness, of depression, whatever it may be that you're going through. I promise this episode will help. So I'll see you when I see you guys. Happy Thursday. All right, Sarah, how are you? Welcome to Wellness for the Hot Mess. We just tried to do an intro, but it got a little frozen, and I mentioned it looks like she's sitting on her floor, but you have a low bed, you said, which I have too, so I don't know why I didn't pick up on that, but how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. It's been a busy Monday, but it's been fun, and here I am doing this, and I'm stoked. It's going to be fun. Good. Amazing. Okay. So for the listeners, give us a little rundown on what you do. So you and I connected just through a podcast Facebook group, which I think is like super cool that we found each other. Um, but I would like to hear in your own words, so I don't butcher your title, what exactly you do and how you kind of found yourself in the wellness space. Yeah, I actually do like a multitude of things, but right now I focus on breath work. So I'm a breath work facilitator. I'm also an NLP practitioner and a clinical hypnotherapist. So I kind of work all of those modalities together, but I focus more solely on breath work. Um, And breath work is just an intentional breathing exercise to bring in more energy into the body to help calm down and be in a more relaxed state. That's awesome. I love that. I did not know the hip, what'd you say, hypnosis thing? Clinical hypnotherapy. That is so cool. Explain to me what that is because I've honestly never heard of this. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than hypnosis where hypnosis you see like, I don't know, when you're like a senior in high school, you go to the- Right, right. (laughs) Things. Um, Hypnotherapy is really where you're being put into a hypnotic state, but you're fully aware of everything that's going on. It's just bringing your subconscious thoughts forward into the conscious and you just have- around like specific things. Wow, that is so cool. I would love that. That's awesome. How did you find yourself getting into the breathwork space? Like, does it has anything to do with your journey up into this point? Or have you always been someone interested in learning more about breathwork? Because I know it's a very like woo-woo topic and people get really like 
freaked out about breath work. They don't think they know how to do it or they can do it. So how did you find yourself like super deep into the space? Yeah, it's so weird because so many people say like, oh, breath work is attached to woo-woo. And I don't really know why it's like that. I think the more woo-woo people are just like free-spirited and open. So that flows more easily to them rather than other people who are maybe a little bit more rigid and closed-minded. But I mean, really breath work is how I fell into it. Honestly, it's just kind of like so weird. Like I was a... um, fitness instructor and I was a personal trainer and I was in that space and I had a coaching program. And from that, I really started working a lot with mindset and I transitioned from really focusing on the physical into the mental. And once I kind of started realizing more about like mentality and mindset and going into that, I kind of just dove into more body work because you can't heal the mind without healing the energetic space within the body. Because when we're still holding on to whatever trauma or sadness or whatever feelings we've got locked in, no matter how much we tell ourselves like good affirmations or mindset or positive self-talk, if that still comes online as a feeling in the body, it will kick your subconscious mind right back into that old programming, no matter how much mindset work it is that you do. So once I started doing that with myself for my own healing, I really dropped into like, oh my gosh, like we need to be really focusing on body work as well as mindset work and subconscious work. So that's kind of why I'm doing in the body space of subconscious mind and body work. That is so cool. I think that's really interesting to break down for people who are not familiar with breath work and how it kind of involves everything. And that's like why I love teaching and coaching holistically because it's mind, body, soul. It's all of the things. A lot of us, I've said this on every episode, I'm sure so far, but we all think wellness is food and body and we just totally neglect the whole mindset and, you know, internal body part of it. So that's really awesome that you had personal experiences with it, which brings me to my next question that I'm curious what you would say to people who aren't familiar with breathwork or like we were saying, who think it's too woo-woo because people really do categorize meditation or breathwork, anything that has anything to do with kind of being with our own thoughts. I think people get really freaked out by and they're like, I'm not a hippie. I can't do that. And it took, it really took me a long time to not think that way as well. And just like you, once I did, once I began to dive deep into, you know, meditation and breathwork, I really did feel and see results with body and food work. So what would you tell the people who are like brand new to this, listening to this, thinking already, because we're starting off five minutes in. And so you can like help them not turn this podcast off because they're thinking, wow, this is way too much for me. It's too spiritual. How would you explain breath work to them? So honestly, the best metaphor that I can use for breath work is like running. Anyone and everyone knows how to run. But if you're training for a marathon, you need to learn specific ways of running that are different than you just going out and running because you need to learn techniques to be able to run long distances like that. Um, The way that you're carrying your body, how you're landing on your feet, how you're carrying yourself, if you're having heavy energy in your body or not, will carry you further into the marathon. It's the same thing with breath work. We know how to breathe by ourselves just because it's an automatic response and it happens. But once you decide that you want to heal, you have to learn how to bring that energy on in a more effective way because by like natural nature, we are very, very shallow breathers by nature Mm -hmm. and we just do it without thinking about it. And some of us even hold our breath. So when we're using 
breath work is a technique to tap back into our body and connect with our feelings in that way, you have to basically reteach yourself how to do it in a different way so you can sustain, you know, the long-term benefits of what you're doing. Just breathing how we're doing right now isn't really intentionally doing anything for us because we're not thinking about it. So it's just a new technique and a different way of doing it. It's attached to woo-woo just because, like I said before, people who are more open-minded are going to be going towards things that are different and that are, you know, irregular to like our normal ways of thinking. Um, Whenever we come up against something that's like, oh my gosh, I don't really want to do that. That's weird. Like, oh my gosh, I don't really want to do that. That's when a subconscious thought of whatever it may be of a programming that you just don't feel safe doing something new. Um, And so that's where we can really start to learn with. That's also why I work with the subconscious too, is because you have to rewire both of them. So really, when I talk to people who are like, I work with a lot of finance people or people who are like in hedge funds or like high professions that are like lawyers and doctors, like people that aren't necessarily in careers that are super woo woo or hippie, they can be, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I explain it to them as just learning a new technique of how to do something different, like running or like walking, um, anything else that you would do to learn a different way of doing it. It's just a different technique. How anyone, each individual person does it is going to differ because everyone brings on energy in a different way. Everyone breathes in a different way. Everyone has like different things that they do when they're stressed, you know, and what they do with their breath. So it's a different experience for everyone. So it doesn't necessarily need to be attached to like, oh my gosh, this person does like psychedelics and they're hippie. And then, then now they're breathing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. For like someone coming to you, an everyday client, or just like you were saying, you work with people who are kind of in jobs that you would never think would even come into breathwork. What do they come to you looking for? Um, So I specialize in anxiety and stress management. Um, So pretty much anyone who's in a high profession or just anyone who's dealing with an insurmountable amount of stress that's causing them anxiety and having them to really shut down, those are my people. Yeah, definitely, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can resonate with. Um, It's kind of why I loved starting this podcast and naming it Wellness for the Hot Mess because I think we all have some sort of, you know, anxiety or stress in our everyday life and we're just looking for ways to cope and to help with. And if this is one simple thing they can do, I think that's incredible. What are some like of the long-term benefits you've seen from working with your clients and yourself for breathwork? I'm so curious to hear like how a big CEO of a hedge fund came to you and then a year later, what they were like. Um, Honestly, like the transformation that's happening is just a lot more grounding, a lot more calming and a lot more centered within themselves. It's not like their stress is going away. It's not like their anxiety is going away. They're just learning how to implement a tool into their daily life to be able to help them manage it better which creates more grounding, it creates more calmness, it creates more serenity. It creates a space where you can go into a stressful situation and you know it's going to probably trigger you or you know it's probably going to stress you out, but you know that you can have a tool to do before you go in and right when you come out to get realigned and recentered and just, yeah, like I said, create more grounding within yourself to where you know that you're structured where you don't have to dive deep into that anxiety or dive deep into that stress. And now all of a sudden you're like a hot mess again, right? Like it just creates this place of where you're like, 
okay, I can handle this. Like, I know it's going to be stressful, but we're going to make it through. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like, especially during this pandemic, a lot of us have just questioned when is it going to end and we don't see like a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, we don't have those resources to get through all of this. Have you seen kind of like an upswing in business on your end or people coming to you for more help during this pandemic? Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people who are struggling right now and there's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. Like we are all going through something we have never gone through before. Um, I think when I lived in Seattle, I know the last pandemic there lasted for two years and it was in the 1920s. So it was like, I mean, none of us have gone through something like this, right? And even in the 1920s is vastly different than from what we're living in now. So it's normal to feel anxiety around the uncomfortability of like, what the heck are we doing? You know, no one knows what we're doing. We're up against something no one's ever gone before. We're making this up day to day. And as human beings, we like safety, security, and comfortability. It doesn't work well for us when we don't have that safety, that security, and that comfortability. We're like, what do you mean I don't have my job anymore? (laughs) What do you mean I don't do what I've been doing for however long now? Like I'm in my 30s, so like I've been working for 20 years, you know? It's like, what do you mean I have to like figure out what do I do now with myself? Like it's almost like we tap into who we are based on what we do. And it's a beautiful undoing in one way because we get to really learn how, who we are, right? And we get to really sit with ourselves, which is also really uncomfortable because we use work and we use play and other people and all these things as a distraction from who we are when really this could be a really beautiful point of dealing with your stuff, you know, and dealing with some things that are really traumatizing and triggering for you. And I think that's where my upswing in my business has come from because people are realizing that and they're coming to that realization of like, okay, maybe there's some things I really need some help on that I've been ignoring. And because I'm quarantined in my house, obviously right now, not that many people are quarantining, but back, you know, a few months ago, um, you know, right now I'm quarantining. I literally can't leave my house except for to maybe go on a walk, depending on the state that you live in. And I'm realizing I really need some help. So that's where my upswing is coming from. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love how you started that off by saying like, we all have things to deal with and that's okay. I think during this pandemic, like you said, it's brought a lot of light to issues that we all face that we distract ourselves with work and play in our everyday life. So I think it's really awesome for people to hear coming from someone who specializes in literally managing stress and anxiety that it's okay to have those things like stress and anxiety. And I love breath work and I love what you do because it's such a simple fix. Like this is what I want to bring to people who listen to this podcast or my clients. It's just little simple fixes. You don't have to go out of your way and take hours each week to do these things or spend thousands of dollars. So that's what I love about breath work. Um, So I'm so happy that you're on here and you're helping us figure this out more because it is so simple. It's something you can use every day. And when you and I had spoke before this, um, because we hopped on a FaceTime to just talk about what we were going to be discussing and you mentioned, I wrote down, you mentioned something about being emotionally triggered versus heart-centered. And I was really curious what you had to say about this because I kind of had an idea, but I was like, at the same time, I don't think I know what she's going to say, but this sounds very complex. So I want to know all about this. This is like my favorite topic to talk about. This is like, I know this like lights me up. So being emotionally triggered is just when we're living too much into our emotions, but we're not allowing ourselves the permission to feel our emotions. So for example, when we're talking about anxiety and stress, 
being emotionally triggered means that your anxiety is running you. It, you are, you're waking up every morning, just like already, like you've got an anxiety attack. The first thing you do right when you're waking up, you can barely put your makeup on. You can barely get dressed without like halfway out the door already. Like you're just rushing around all over the place. And it's just like one thing after another, you're not allowing time for yourself. You're jumping from one thing to another. You wake up reading your emails or you wake up on Instagram or you wake up doing whatever it is that you're doing without really allowing yourself time to be like, okay, I just woke up. And like, let me have some time to myself. And, you know, even if that's a minute or two, depending on how busy people's lives are, like, we still need to like reset into the day that we're about to have and, you know, get collected and think about, you know, much like we're preparing for a meeting or anything like that. We need to prepare for our days. And how that looks is for everyone is different, of course, because we're all different. We all need different things on different days. Um, So that's what emotionally triggered is. It's running into your daily life, being triggered by your emotional state, whatever that state may be, sadness, happiness, anxiety, stress. When you collect yourself by way of using breath work, of course, since that's what I'm talking about, when you wake up either first thing in the morning or whatever that looks like for you, you know, through the middle of your day or even before you go to bed, all my clients have different routines when it comes to like breaking into breath work. For me, when I wake up and I do breath work in the morning, that gives me time to be able to center with myself and reconnect with like, okay, what is it that I need today? What is it that I can do for myself today that allows me to tackle whatever it is that I'm needing to tackle within my day from a place of like ground, you know, from a place that's like really centered to where I can think clearly rather than thinking through my emotions or looking at situations through a triggered lens of like an emotional lens. Like, you know, maybe I had a fight with my boyfriend or something and I'm going into work with that state of mind. It allows me to take that, you know, for example, fight and put that on the back burner for a second and be able to just be like, okay, what is it that I'm needing right now in this current moment? What is it that I'm needing to do for myself to serve myself right now so that I can do whatever it is that I need to do? And that would be a heart centered place. Getting into your heart and saying, okay, what is it that I need right now to, you know, feel more love? What is it that I need right now to stand more into my power? What does it need? What is it that I need right now that is going to make me feel more secure and safe? You know, what is it that I need right now to be able to speak my truth a little bit more? Um, Whatever it is that you're having trouble with, you can connect with that by way of breath work because breath work allows you to connect with those feelings inside your body. And every time you're doing breath work, different things are going to come up for you. Um, You know, you may be struggling to communicate with someone at that in that day or in that week. And the next week you may be like, oh my gosh, I feel so like insecure about like my job and like where I'm going to work next week because I don't have a job right now or I can't get a job right now or things like that. Different things come online at different times based on what we're worried about. So when we do breath work on a regular practice, it allows us to connect with like what's really going on and where that's really coming from and like the root problem. And we can kind of start attacking that while also normalizing that feeling and saying like, okay, I'm a normal human being. It's okay for these feelings for me to be coming up for me. I don't need to shame or judge myself. We're having these feelings because they're normal. They're universal. Feelings across the board, every single human being feels the same feelings in the exact same way. Um, It's not like thoughts. Thoughts are different because I could have a thought 
And you could have the same thought and com- it could be completely a different context between you or I, right. Right? right? But sadness between me and you is shared the same, right? I feel right. sadness the same way as you feel sadness. It looks the same way on your body as it looks the same way on mine. Whereas like eliminating belief or a thought, I could have a limited belief or a thought and you could not even have it at all. So yeah. our feelings are our biggest things that we can trust because mm. they're something that's always going to be the same, regardless of whoever it is, wherever we're at. Our feelings are the only thing that we can trust because they're not fleeting. If we can learn how to connect with that, we can learn to go into our life and be like, okay, so today I'm feeling a little stressed. Um, I've been like, you know, fighting with my boyfriend all week. So I'm just feeling a little drained. Um, just letting you know that my energy might be a little bit off. So this is what I'm going to do for myself to kind of recollect myself, knowing that that's going on and still go on without my day rather than being all like crazy and like, Oh my God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just had like, First and foremost, for anybody listening to this, you have the most calming presence. Just listening to you speak, I already feel like a level of anxiety gone, number one. And when you were just talking about that, I think I just had like a breakthrough right then and there between what you just said, emotions and feeling or and feelings versus limiting beliefs. Like I always attach and I struggle to really stay in the emotionally triggered space. I blame it on being a Pisces and an empath and being way too emotional. <laughs> But I like oh, live. Well, <laughs> I mean, Pisces are amazing, but we need to stop crying for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely live in the emotionally triggered space. And I have people tell me all the time, and I have to tell myself this all the time. I recently did an episode on 26 things I've learned in 26 years because I just turned 26. But one of them was it's not that serious because I attach all of my limiting beliefs, my emotions, if I'm having a sad day in my head, I'll go to that sad place and everything else for the day is sad. And I just start to tell myself those stories. Or if I'm anxious, I start to tell myself anxious thoughts. So just then what you just said about detaching the two and realizing that people feel the same emotions and feelings, but those thoughts and limiting beliefs are different for everyone. So why even bother going to that space? I just had like the most (laughs) eye-opening experience right then and there. And I hope people do too. Holy cow. Thank you for that. But that is absolutely incredible. And if you are like listening to this thinking, how can I control that? It's so simple. Everything you're giving us, all these techniques, they're incredible. Um, But what you just said at the end of that was learning to be okay with our true feelings and, you know, noticing and recognizing that other people have them too, and to not judge feelings of anxiety or depression or sadness. So Mm -hmm. I think since social media is so prevalent, I talk about this all the time, Society definitely makes us feel like those things shouldn't happen or those feelings shouldn't come up. And if they do, we're like, we shouldn't put them on display. We should kind of hide them because you log on your Instagram feed and nobody looks anxious. Nobody looks depressed. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the world of social media and kind of conquering anxiety and depression and moving through that? Speaking to, if you could speak to like a younger version of you, because I get so fearful for the younger girls and boys growing up in an age of uh, social media with anxiety and depression, how could you like help them and reach out to them now and let them know that it is okay to feel these feelings and how can you work through them as a young adult? So the very first thing is boundaries. So I grew up for most of my life with 
no such thing as the internet. No such. I think the first right. time I ever even had a cell phone was when I was 17 and it was some weird flip phone dinosaur thing now. Right. Like, <laughs> so I didn't really know but I have yeah. found myself once social media has come online, I have found like a lot of extra comparison feelings coming up for me too. Once I started practicing boundaries with social media, it started to really help me elevate into the part of myself when I was a kid, when I didn't have the accessibility of that. And the comparison that I had was I had a lot more play in my life. Mm, And as human beings, we need to tap into that inner child that we have within us in order to get to like happiness and fulfillment. The problem with social media, and don't get me wrong, I work on social media. I love social media. I think it's a beautiful platforms. But we do need to execute a lot of boundaries because as human beings, we are not meant to be quite that connected. We are not meant to seek quite that much information and quite that much stuff. Um, Consciously, we only take in a third of how much our subconscious is taking in. So we can't even take in that much information. But the problem with consuming is our subconscious is still taking it in. So even Mm. though we're not consciously remembering it, our subconscious is. And the problem with that is when you get off social media and you go into your life, now all of a sudden you have evidence of that comparison. So how your subconscious works is it is never wrong. It will never, ever allow you to be wrong. It will validate you and validate you and validate you to make sure that you are right. And it will find experiences everywhere it possibly can to make sure that one specific thought is right every single time, even if the thoughts are contradictory to each other. It will always validate that thought. So when your subconscious is taking in so much information all of the time, that's where anxiety and depression kicks in because now all of a sudden you've got all this validation to why you should be comparing yourself or why you should feel less than or why you should have all these issues or like, oh my God, my life's not good enough because I'm not driving a Ferrari and like a digital nomad, right? So my thing, the first thing that I tell my clients is turn off all of your notifications on your phone, turn them all off. They should never, ever be on. And move all of your social media to like the last page of your phone. Um, I love that. That's the very like first boundary that you can do because we're addicted to it. Um, You have to remove it from such an easy access. So when you see the notifications popping up on your phone, it's an automatic response for you to pick up your phone, look at it, swipe it, and then check out. Because we're curious by nature. That's what we want to do. Like, yeah, I want to see who commented on my photo or whatever, right? So when we turn that off, it allows that anxiety to ease because we're no longer waiting for that notification to pop up. You will for a bit because you're so addicted to it. That's how you know you're addicted to something because you're like, oh my God, I'm checking for these notifications and they're not even there. After a while, it will go away. And then also, if you have all of your social medias on the first page when you open your phone, that's another thing that your brain will be like, oh, we got to check it. Oh, we got to check it. So when it's not there as easy access, it falls to the back of your mind and you only check it when you consciously think about checking it, which is not as much as unconsciously thinking about checking it. 
And those are my two tips that I tell my clients that are like the major, major ones is like, get rid of it being on an easy access and then limiting how many times you're really checking it. Um, so that you can go enjoy your life currently without needing to post it on stories or post it here or post it there. Like just go enjoy your life because what we see on, and everybody says this, what we see on social media is really not even close to reality. It's like maybe 5% of someone's reality. And you couldn't even possibly like, begin to put your entire life up there anyways, nor should you, like you should have some privacy. Um, So those are the top three things that I tell my clients on having some boundaries with social media. I love that. And as you finish that up, a thought came to my mind about people who get nervous stepping into this space of breath work and meditation and more on the spiritual side is you don't have to be showing the world that you're doing these things to better yourself. That's like another thought that just came to my mind. I feel like we're so fearful of judgment and people who are listening to this who are like, yeah, I can do the food and body stuff, but I don't want to step into that spiritual space or really tap into me because I don't want people to judge me or think that I am in this like woo-woo space or like I know so many people out there who secretly love the wellness space but then they'll just like shit on it at the same time and they're like yeah no I don't give into that stuff like I go on benders and drink every weekend and do all this and I know I still am like this way but I know at the same time they love following like goop and like Gwyneth Paltrow and all the shit she does but (laughs) I think like that just makes up brings up a good point is when we do take these steps to work on ourselves we don't have to post it you don't have to put on your social media work on yourself in silence I love seeing those posts that are always like do the self-work in silence and then just show up for yourself in that way so I think that's super important too well and the thing about inner work or shadow work too I call it shadow work some people call it inner work there's a little bit of a difference um is it's not meant to be shared that's why people have diaries which now we call journaling um yeah it's meant to do as a self self reflection exercise, not a collective exercise. It's beautiful to share, um, you know, some tips and tricks of breakthroughs that you've had. It's beautiful to have community and support, but you also have to understand that there is a lot of times that we need the support and there's a lot of times that we should be asking for support and always receiving the support. But no matter how much support you have, you have to do the uncovering of yourself and like diving into what I call like your inner underworld and opening Pandora's box like by yourself because your conditions and your circumstances and things that happened to you have only happened to you in the way that you see it right so we have to face that part of ourselves by ourselves yes we can have support but it's a lot more healing and beneficial when we actually focus on the healing rather than focus on the sharing. Um, There's a time and a place for both. And when we can kind of disconnect ourselves from being so seen but not seen, right? Yeah. Um, That's when we can truly dive into actually healing. And that's what this work is all about is healing, especially in the food and body space too, Um, you know, I'm in the body space. So if we're going to look and talk about, you know, self-limiting beliefs and how we judge and shame ourselves, no one else can tell you what you do because 
you're the only one that can hear your own thoughts. So you kind of have to be brave and not really lean on the safety and comfortability of sharing because that's also how humans like decide that like, okay, I'm going to share this because I need some sort of something because I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So we just have to be brave and dive deep into a space that is going to be wildly uncomfortable. You and I are very aligned in the sense that I talk to my clients about mindset as well. And that's the first thing I say is we are the only people who know what we need to hear when we need to hear it. So when we go searching for that external validation, or I always give the analogy of like when you get your haircut or you get a new outfit and you go to show your partner and they don't say anything and you're like, what the fuck? How did you not notice? Like I got this new dress, my haircut. Right. And it's, but at the end of the day, it's not their job to validate you. You should be the one like hyping yourself up. Like, damn, I look good in this haircut or this dress. So that's kind of like, I love that you are, you feel that same way too, because the mind and mindset is so powerful that we have every opportunity to change it and to listen to it because we are the only one that knows what we need to hear when we need to hear it. We are the only ones who should be validating ourselves and working on that deep inner part. So I love that so much. But as we're talking about all of this, I can't help but think about because you are so, I wish people could see, I mean, obviously be able to see this because it's recorded, but just to see your presence, you are so naturally gifted and so calm. And I just feel like such a sense of peace when I'm talking to you right now. So I'm so curious if you have bad days, because as you're speaking and as I'm listening, I'm like, she is so great. And everything you're saying is so great. Do you ever have those days where you honestly just feel like a hot mess and you are just not aligned with anything you practice? Oh, yes. (laughs) More than I could even possibly begin to explain to you right now. My life is very, 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 very stressful right now. Um, I am like actually really surprised I'm not like bawling crying or they didn't come on here bawling crying right now. Um, of course, like I'm a human being. I, and there's a lot of times, honestly, I will go without even practicing breath work because it's just something that I can't at that moment. It's not what I'm needing. So I am not someone who is like, yes, we need to do breath work every single day. And like, all those things. that's not the point of it. And yeah, I do. I have uh, lately, I feel like I've been having a series of like the worst of the worst days, but I just have to like remind myself that we're on this ride and it's literally a roller coaster. So there's going to be a lot of ups that are like, okay, when are we going to be at the top anticipating the drop? And then that drop is like scary at first when we're about to go on it, but there's no turning back. Like you just have to do the drop. And honestly, I've been getting really good about reminding myself to just enjoy the view. And a lot of what Mm -hmm. I do and a lot of what I've been diving into lately, just because my life has been so in the down part of the roller coaster, um, is that there is just as much beauty in the quote unquote negative emotions, I hate to give it that label, as there is in the quote unquote positive emotions you can't fully feel happiness and joy and bliss if you can't fully feel sadness and depression and anger they're all beautiful feelings 
And we are the only people or species on this planet as human beings that have the ability to feel that. It's truly a gift that we are such multi multifaceted beings that we have feelings and thoughts and we can communicate. So what I have been teaching a lot with my clients doing this work is feeling all facets of the emotion. And yeah. as I allow myself to give more permission around that and allow myself to be like, you know what, I am having the worst day today. I am turning everything off and just going to go do whatever it is that feels right for me. I don't shame myself or judge myself around that. Um, just because that is what I'm needing in that moment. And I allow myself to feel into that. I don't let myself get lost in that. I do bring myself back out of it, but I do allow myself to feel it all of the way and wherever it is that it's feeling. And then I connect it and then I clear it. And, um, you know, that's where my NLP work comes in and all these other things, but, um, then I clear it and then I kind of move on. Um, a lot of what I work with my clients too is energy work. So grounding yourself into your stationary energy that you want to portray out into the world. So that's embodiment work. Um, right. Really getting a very, very, very clear vision of what it is that your ideal, perfect self, feeling at like the highest, most best place, like everything's going great in your life. Like what is that person emitting? What is that person giving off? What does that person look like? What does that person talk like? What does that person feel like? And when I get on things like this or when I'm in front or talking on stage and doing things like that, I tap into that person no matter what's going yeah. on. And that's the embodiment that I teach my clients too and learning how to you know, clear energies and do things like that to be able to step back into that place of no matter what's going on right. for you, you can still always feel for me a big thing for me is feeling grounded and, um, you know, feeling at peace and all these things. So when I'm, you know, in the energy space, like I am with you right now, I tap into that because that's what I want to give off. And that's what I want to make other people feel. And so energy is just this big thing. If what I'm giving off to you, like you said, you're absorbing my energy is because I'm sending that energy to you and you can literally feel it. And that's what we're doing all the time. So if you think about being like when you're really stressed and really high anxious, people can literally feel that on you without you talking. They repel from you. They go into a different room. They're just like, ooh, what's wrong right. with you? Like, you don't even have to right. say anything. You just feel it. And especially as empaths, like you feel it even more. Like I'm an empath too. Right. Um, you know, so the that's the importance of this. Yeah, like that's the importance of this work too is not only is it reconnecting you with your body, but it's understanding the energy that you're putting off into the world and this isn't even a woo-woo topic like this is literally like just a normal thing the vibes you're giving off to other people yeah whatever word yeah. you want to use for it you are sending this frequency out all the time so I tell my clients I'm like what energy ideally if you were feeling a thousand percent all the time what energy would you want to be giving off and then tap into that and then I use you know Breathwork is one of the main things to be able to reconnect with that energy and then move all the old energy through. So what I did in preparation for this is I did a breathwork blend and I kind of just collected myself and I tapped into that energy through embodiment work. And yeah, then I came on here. 
That's awesome. So if you are then going through like a storm in your life and you want to embody something for a specific reason, like you were saying, a talk or for anyone out there listening, if it's like a job interview or say they're going on a date or something and they just want to be in a different headspace and give off different energy, do you find yourself crashing after this? So for example, like once you hop off the podcast, are you going to be just like emotionally drained and back in that space? Or when you make that shift, do you think it helps for what else is going on in your life? I've learned how, and and this is something that I don't teach. This is just something that I do within myself. I've learned how to not absorb other people's energies when I am on podcast calls and stuff like that. When I usually, when I get off calls like this, or when I get off interactions, I do take a lot of time to myself because I need some recharge time. Um, whatever that looks like, whether I go on a walk or whether I just like chill on the couch for like 10 minutes or like I'm reading a book for a second. I usually don't read a book, but I take a bath or (laughs) like, I just like go do something to where I kind of shift my energy a little bit where I kind of just like disrupt out of, you know, talking so much or like being in somebody else's energy. I kind of just get reconnected with myself. A lot of times I'll do breath work, just like a quick blend. Definitely before I'll do a quick blend. So like, if someone's asking me like, all right, I'm getting ready to go on to a meeting or I'm getting ready to go into an interview or I'm jumping on this phone call. Usually I will say like, ask yourself what it is that you're needing in that moment. Like how, how can you, what is tool do you need to do to tap into that higher version of yourself that you need right now to be able to go into this meeting or this phone call or this podcast interview or whatever it is that you're doing in your daily life, you know, running into the kid's school, running into somebody that you're like, oh, God, I hate that person or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. how can you show up regardless of whatever it is that you're feeling? Um, so, yeah, usually for me, obviously, when I teach my clients, it's some element of breath work is associated with that. And then also some form of getting recollected with yourself and embodiment work. Yeah, that's awesome. Last question before we dive into a little bit of of breathworks. I know people are probably like, okay, now what do I do with all of this? But you keep saying reconnecting to yourself. This is something that I am learning as I navigate through my 20s and just all the shifts going on with the pandemic. And I know a lot of people have been faced with their real selves and really being authentic and true to themselves. I I get so caught up on this like journey of finding myself and I get really scared that I never will. And I'm like, okay, now what? What do I do with my career, friends, or just honestly just literally finding myself and reconnecting to that childlike person that I remember used to be so happy and playful? How would you tell someone like me who's going through it just to get back and to reconnect and find yourself? Because I do feel like I'm an imposter sometimes where I'm trying to be one way because I think maybe that's how I am. But how can I really connect and find that authentic me so I can just step into confidence and continue just living like Kristen? So the problem with... trying to think of how to word this correctly so it was a very loaded question I'm sorry yeah that's okay (laughs) I know exactly what to say I'm just trying to reword how I'm gonna start over so Mm -hmm. when we are searching for who we are that really is a sign of loss of identity so because you're searching so much for who you are you are not connecting enough with who you already are So who you are is already who you are. So why are you searching for it? 
So when we're constantly searching outside of ourselves, like, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, what is it that I want to do? Who is it that I want to be? We're really searching for an attachment. We're searching for, um, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm breathwork. I'm this. Like, I live here. Like, I'm, I'm looking for an attachment to myself when really, like, finding who you are or reconnecting with yourself is letting go of all of that attachment. Because if I were to take my name away, if I were all of a sudden to change my name tomorrow, I still am who I am, right? right. Like, regardless of whether I have my name or not, um, regardless of whether I do breath work or tomorrow I got back into personal training, I'd still be who I am. Those identities are just like um, the clothes we wear. You know, it's just decoration that we do for our personalities. They're not actually who we are. So when we take the time to sit with ourselves and there's a bunch of different ways that you can do this but obviously for me the easiest way to do that with people that have stress and anxiety is through breath work when you are focusing on this intentional breath pattern and bringing the energy in and it takes a while we won't do it this long on this podcast but usually after the first five to seven minutes that's where you're having the most resistance of like whoa lady we are not doing this like we are not safe here (laughs) you need to stop doing this immediately like the stove is hot please stop after that that's when your body and your brain says okay like we're good we haven't died yet like we're okay here okay you can continue doing this and it quiets and it like shuts up immediately that's when you can really drop in and feelings will start coming up for you and this is can be a really scary place for people when they have never felt that intense energy that we are, um, how alive we actually are. And through that introspection, um, people have, you know, thoughts will come up for them or things like that, that they've maybe shoved or pushed down. They've known all along. They're somewhere in their subconscious that come up for them about, really good feelings about themselves because it's from their innermost parts of themselves that, you know, we all know we have. So it's a beautiful thing when we stop to look out here outside of this window and outside of the house that we live in for all of the answers, when we can just go within ourselves and we do know what's best for us already. We do know who we are already. It's just all the outside external noise is clouding our judgment and we can't hear what we're trying to tell ourselves. So when we practice breath work, and this is what's so hard about meditation, and this is what I found hard about meditation too, is I sat here in a circle with myself and I was like, whoa, my thoughts are way too loud. I can't do this. Yeah. Like this is just yeah. so distracting to me. That's not what I mean by sitting in stillness. Because when a lot of people hear like sitting in stillness, the first thing you're going to think of is probably meditation or just sitting quietly. Right. Right. When you have a lot of stress and anxiety, like the answer to sitting quietly is like the worst thing you could possibly t- say to somebody because they're like, <laughs> yeah. um, hell no. I don't have, first of all, I don't have time for that. Secondly, There is no way in this world I will ever sit and be quiet with my thoughts. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. They're a scary place. We're Mm -hmm. good. So humans, we need something to focus on. 
And that's what I think right. is so beautiful about breathwork because I teach you this pattern and I say, that's all you're going to do for the next however long I tell you to do it. And don't do- stop doing it until I tell you to stop. Obviously, my guided breathwork sessions aren't like that, but that's essentially the gist of it. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, you know, you're doing this breath pattern and that's all that you're focusing on. You're not focusing on your thoughts. You're not focusing on being still. You're not focusing on being with yourself. You're not focusing on anything but just this breath pattern. Everything else that's supposed to happen, sitting with yourself, being with yourself, your thoughts falling away, that's all a natural pattern that happens by itself. And that's why I think why I love breathwork so much is because we have access to doing this for free, 24-7, 365. You just have to be taught how to do it in a meditative way. Right. Well, with that being said, will you teach us a little something that we can take for the road? Yes, totally. So let's do this for a couple minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to do it on you and then everyone who listens, it will be guided for them. Awesome. Okay. So if you're driving, please don't do this while you're driving. Um, (laughs) Make sure that you're not really distracted. You're in a place where you can be seated in a seat Um, You can lie down comfortably if you feel like you want to lie down. We're just going to start with three deep cleansing breaths, just to kind of reconnect and recenter and shift into this next space. If you want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to leave them open, you can do that too, whatever feels best for you. As we begin, we're just going to do three deep cleansing breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Forcing the air out, forcing the air in. Last one. And before we begin the breath pattern, I just want you to sit here with yourself for a second. I want you to put your attention on your feet. Feeling the feet being connected to the floor. Imagine roots growing from your feet and growing deeper and deeper into the earth. Imagine what it is that you've been feeling like today. Bring that feeling forward. Hold on to that feeling. Where is it feeling in your body? Where is that coming up for you? Is it in your throat or in your heart? In your stomach. Whatever that feeling is, that's the feeling we're going to be working with today. Hold on to that feeling while I teach you this breath pattern. The breath pattern we're going to be working with today is called the halo active breath pattern. It is used with the nose and the mouth. So you're going to inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, and you're going to do an extremely forced inhale and a big forced exhale, making whatever noise feels right for you. 
And you're gonna do it on a continual pattern, not stopping or pausing at the end of the inhale or the exhale. It sounds like this. Dizziness is normal. The tingling in your body is gonna be normal. Just pushing past it as we begin. You're gonna be okay and you're gonna be safe. Whenever you are ready, let's begin the pattern. Let it be easy. I'm returning to your normal breath pattern. Letting the body breathe you. As you're coming back into the room, connecting with your heart. Thank you for letting me be here today. Thank you for letting me guide you. Thank yourself for showing up for this practice. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Oh my goodness. Just off of that, what, quick little series we did, I feel a complete shift in my body, in my mind, in this room. You would have never realized. Even my dog's coming up to me because he's like, whoa, what was that? You feel better now. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for guiding me through that, for guiding everyone who's listening to this. I think my entire perspective on breathwork was just changed right there. That brought me to such a nice headspace. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for hopping on today and for teaching me and us a little bit more about breathwork and how important and easy it is to add to your everyday life. Yes, you're so welcome. I know animals are like the the biggest ones. They always notice the shift or they notice when the shift is happening. Because when I had my dog... He always came over to me whenever I started doing breath work and he was just there as an added support. Animals are so beautiful for that. They know when you need the support. It's so funny. Your dog just like hopped up on the couch. (laughs) I know. Yeah. 
he's fully in the moment right now. He's like, hey, Ma. Yeah, he knows. But yeah, this is incredible. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you who's listening? If they wanted to reach you, what would be the best way to find you and reach out to you? Yeah, so the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram at breathe with underscore Sarah with an H. Um, That's the best way to get in touch with me. And, you know, if you started listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I just did this pattern. I really need some help. Um, Shoot me a DM or book a call with me. The link is in my bio and we can chat and see if we're a good fit to work together. Um, But yeah, Instagram is the best place. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody, please, if you're listening and if anything we said resonated with you, reach out. Sarah, you're incredible. I've said this so many times already, but your energy is just so nice. I have a big call after this at 630 that I feel like I'm going into with an entirely new headspace now. So thank you for that. But you are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yes. Thank you for having me.